Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza Di Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it's Sunday, November the 21st. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today. Match day 13 is almost in the books for Serie A. Uh, two games to go tomorrow. Match day 13 pretty much in the books. Scudetto race wide open. Wide open now. Yep. Napoli tumbling at the first hurdle. Yep, which we'll talk about. Um, we also want to talk about a couple of uh, a couple of interesting items, uh, Canada-wise. Yeah. So we'll definitely be talking about Canada's massive victory over Mexico in World Cup qualifying last week, um, towards the end of the show, and also uh, talk about uh, the two Canadian teams. Yes, the two Canadian teams that will be have qualified and will be in the Concacaf Champions League for next season. But without further ado, let's just jump right in. So, <laughs> right into the city. Yeah. I'm in a good mood today. I'm in a good mood. We just we just finished our uh, men's league soccer game. Yeah, just went out for a nice run. We yeah. lost two to one. Two shit goals. But yeah. hey, what are you gonna do? What can you do? Can't win them all. But anyways, let's just jump right in. Let's talk Atlanta Spezia. Five to two victors there. Um, on Saturday, and then also another big game, Juve winning, beating Lazio 2 nothing, And this was a big game, big three points here. Fiorentina beating AC Milan 4-3 to here. What do you want to talk about first, Jules? Yeah, let's go with the first game, Atalanta-Spezia. Atalanta back to where they should be. Came out of the international break with a bang. Came right out, firing on all cylinders. 5-2 victory over Spezia. Spezia... Just- Got the opening goal, got the closing goal, but in between, Atalanta just ripped them apart. Yeah, they looked fantastic. Zapata getting on the score sheet, Pasalic, Malinovsky, Muriel, everybody needing to get on the score sheet, got on the score sheet here. Atalanta knows they need to win these games to make their top four, keep their top four hopes possible because there are teams breathing down their neck now. And... Uh, they uh, did not fail at the first hurdle after the international break, Jules. No, they didn't. They completely, like we said, dominated. Uh, Tago Mata continuing with more so his defensive approach, yeah. uh, which was surprising going with the three-man defense in this game. Stack in the midfield, but it, it just wasn't enough. Like we said, they started really good, but in the end, Duvan Zapata, Mario Pasalic especially, they were just uh, way too much. Even Provedal doing his best, but what do you maybe could have... Kept the score a little bit more respectable for uh, Spezia, but not much else to say. Just complete, complete domination. Complete domination. And credit to Atalanta. This is something they needed, and they're going to carry this momentum into their Champions League fixture midweek, Jules. Juventus coming out. Two penalties, two goals from Leo Bonucci. Should this guy be Italy's new designated penalty taker? No, and I'm just going to say because I don't think he can shoot anywhere except top right corner. Yeah, seriously, it's always in yeah. the same spot. Even in the Euros, it was in the same spot. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I think it works for him because it's a surprise in the moment, but I don't think he's capable of taking them in and out, in and out, in and out. No, I don't think he should be. There were two nice struck penalties, but like I said, I think it was more so surprise. But what did you think about this game, the way Lazio came out? And poor Marici, he... On Twitter, saying he's mentally dead. He's getting heavily abused by the majority, I'd say, of Lazio fans and, and City F fans in, in general, just for his he's, his poor play. He's been very poor since he signed, in all fairness. But it's it's not good for him. It's not. I think Lazio will go looking for another a, a number two. They des- they desperately need one. Uh, Cheeto was too busy refing the Vatican game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he didn't play because he was he's still hurt. So yeah, he's still hurt. In all fairness, unlike I think some now naturalized French players that play for the Azzurri, they all of a sudden are miraculously they're good to go play for their club team. And if you don't know who he's referring to, it's Marco Verratti. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but what did you think about this game? Two penalties, Arena kind of losing his head on the second one. Yeah, that that was definitely a, a penalty. You can't argue that. Um, Juve, again, just finding a way to win. To me, they don't look threatening on the attack. Moise Keane coming on didn't really impress me at all. It's, it's typical, boring Juventus-style play. And I think it's more so Lazio lost this game than Juve winning this game, in my opinion. I think if Ciro Immobile starts this game... It might be a different result. 
And that's a huge piece missing from Lazio. Um, they couldn't do anything. They had no. They had no really yeah, attacking prowess up there. Nothing. No answer. Nothing. Pedro. Pedro's the false nine. Uh, it, it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Matez Zakanyi got subbed off for you know pretty early in the 65th minute. There was really no answer. Sergei Milinkovic Savic too. He was he was not himself. You know, for me, I'm, I'm actually gonna go the other way a little bit. I thought Juve. They surprised me. Allegri, first of all, came out in a completely different system. Three-man defense. Uh, Leonardo Bonucci, De Ligt, and uh, Danilo before he got injured. That was the three-man defense. Locatelli just in front of them to cover. And then in the midfield, you had Adrian Rabiot, McKenney, Marco Dorado on the right, Luca Pellegrini on the left. Up top, you had Morata and Chiesa starting. So it's a completely different system Allegri brought in. I thought Juve looked really good, solid. They controlled the game, never were under threat. Yeah. Now, if that had to do with Lazio not having a strike or not, maybe it, it plays into a little bit. But you got to remember, they still had Luis Alberto, Cataldi, and Malinkovic-Savic in the midfield, and they completely took him right out of the game. So I got to give credit for the team performance from Juve and the way Legacy set up the team. It was impressive. They did everything except score an open play. Still a struggle for them. But they put enough pressure on Lazio to win two rightful, rightfully so penalties in the end. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about this game? Not really. I hate both teams. So. <laughs> Are you worried about you? For me now, seeing yeah, Juve, Juve like this, start climbing. for me, seeing Juve play like the way they are here, this is a, if they start scoring a potential Scudato winning Juve. Yeah. I know it's, it's a little bit early, but the building blocks are, climbing. yeah, the building blocks are being placed there. Something to watch out for. They do have a huge game coming up in uh, the next fixture against Atalanta. So high-flying Atalanta gets Juve. So we'll see what happens there. But Juve run out 2-0. Yeah. Deserved victors over Lazio. Lazio, once yeah. again, no one knows what Lazio yeah. is. They're like Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Somehow they beat Inter, and then they go lose to everyone else, and then Inter goes beats <laughs> Napoli. It, yeah. It's strange. It's very strange. It Lazio really are the strangest team in Serie A. They are. On to the next game, Fiorentina. Big 4-3 victory here over AC Milan. Finally. Well-deserved. Finally, they yeah. got that hoodoo of not being able to big, I mean, beat uh, a big team. I think this is a huge statement and a huge moment in the season for Fiorentina because now that they've gotten over that mental barrier, I think watch out for them. Th this team has the quality of finishing in the top four, but the one downfall was when it came to the big game where they ha where they could do it, or they had to beat a big team. They could never do it. And they continuously disappointed. Here, they finally did it. They did it. They were still they were still very shaky. I'll give them that. For me, in this game, Milan more so lost it than, than Fiorentina winning. They've, for me, Fiorentina's actually played better against some other teams like Juve and, and walked with zero points. Um, but they needed Was it zero? This. Yeah, zero points. And They needed this. They needed this, yes. Whether I, it was shaky or not, they needed they it. They didn't need it, but... What I'm saying is if I'm an AC Milan fan, I wouldn't be too worried about this game. AC did play good. Zlatan, oh, I mean, the reason why Fiorentina ended up walking away from this game is actually because Zlatan missed big chances when he should have scored to put Milan ahead uh, or or to peg it at 1-1, and he kept missing chances in the six-yard box and, and volleys. I know Zlatan ended up walking away with two goals and a, an assist pretty much on an own goal, but... He was very poor in the first half. And if, if his finishing was better, this tie could have been completely different. So it's it's weird that Fiorentina, for me, didn't play as good, but still got the three points as opposed to their previous fixtures. But they they got the job done. Yeah. Almost they, threw it away, but they, they got the job they done. They got the job done. Vlahovic, again, committing two goals, contributing two goals yeah. there. And let's talk about a goalie and not there. For Fiorentina, who's taken the number one spot, it Terraciano. seems. We'll never get a look for the Azzurri. Nope. Because you got to have the big name on the back of the shirt. Yeah. Another stellar performance. Even though he conceded three goals, he still played, he played very well. really well. He played, he's played more minutes than Gianluigi Donnarumma. <laughs> he has. Gianluigi Donnarumma can't even come in for yeah, Kaylor Ornamas, yeah, who gets a red yeah, card he's because the, he's got he, stomach yeah, problems. he was on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing but problems over there. But uh, I think Fiorentina deserve this. It's huge for them. I'm very happy to see them finally get over that barrier. And I think watch out because now 
Like, they're another team that could threaten for that fourth spot. Yeah, they needed it. If this is a, this is a team, if they go push for the top four, we were talking about this in our, in our car right up to the game. If they get into top four, Vlahovic, I think this is what convinces them to stay and continue with this project. Why not? It'd be huge. If he, they get into Champions League, why not? Why be, would you It'd leave? be dumb to walk away. Yeah. Um, and, and if he continues scoring the way he's, he is... This team is legit. They just got to get rid of the errors like Bonaventura's giveaway yeah. to Zlatan. They would, they this would, this Fiorentina team gives me vibes of the Fiorentina when Luca Toni was there. Yeah, he, he was he was basically a one man show, and he carried Fiorentina. and And Vlahovic can carry this team. They just they're just, I think they're literally a few pieces away. They really from are. being a contender. They have the manager, in my opinion. I've seen enough from Italiano to know that I think that he is a fantastic manager that can do something here. And I think if they can get those few pieces, and they're willing to go out and spend, they showed that in the summer transfer market. Um, I think watch out for them. I agree. They look solid. And just to bring it to Milan a little bit, this was maybe Tatarusanu's worst game in the Milan yeah there's a lot of jersey. panic in the media after Tatarasano's performance I think he's been doing a stellar job filling in for Mike Magnan um, since Magnan's gone gone down but now the, the rumor is that they're rushing Magnan back uh, in time for that big fixture December 19th against Napoli which I don't know why you'd want to rush him back because I think Tatarasano's been doing a great yeah, job he's been holding his own like Champions League's done Tatarasano's been holding his own this was his first bad game and you gotta remember too Matej Gabia who undeservedly is getting you know called out in the media and on social media the cesspool social media is um the young guy's getting called out for his poor performance but he hasn't played in forever and he was just thrown in 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 a huge game right so you can't you can't blame the kid uh he's not playing anywhere near the menace he did last year um but milan like i said if i'm a milan fan i'm not too worried for one because napoli dropped points yeah this weekend and I, I think Milan actually played pretty decent. It yeah. was, like I said, Zlatan played a terrible first half and an excellent second half. Yeah, I think Stefano Pioli is doing a fantastic yeah. job. And once the team's healthy, watch out. This team's riddled with injuries right now too, right? It is, and it they're is. Just get, they're getting by. They're finding ways to stick around mm-hmm. up top and, you know. Yeah, it, it was solid performance. So it, it was entertaining game, 4-3 Fiorentina win at the Artemio Franchi, yep. and that rounded up Saturday's fixtures. I guess now we go on to Sunday. We're going to Sunday. There was an early game on Sunday morning, Sassuolo and Cagliari tying 2-2. was actually a pretty decent game. Cagliari putting in, a, I think, they put in a pretty good performance for yeah. all over Sassuolo the last yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Um, couple, some, yeah, a couple storylines here. A couple storylines here. Uh, Gianluca Scamacca getting some flack in the media. A lot of people thinking he's not good enough for the for the Italian national team, which I think is absolutely absurd. Gets another goal. Gets another goal. Scored his third goal of the season. Uh, almost scored off a header uh, before he came off. And may I might I add something we said? I would I would love to see personally for the national team the front three: Raspadori, Scamacca, Barardi. Yeah, but some people think they're not good enough, and it's strange because what what what. What have you seen to to warrant that these guys are not good enough? Because not any Sassuolo games. Seriously, not any Sassuolo. You guys haven't watched any Sassuolo games, in my opinion. You just look at where Sassuolo is on the table and compare. Oh, they're they're not that great. But then, on the other on the other end, people are calling for a guy like Joao Pedro to get naturalized. Nat- yeah, naturalized as an Italian. Yeah, that's so that's yeah, and, that's one of the big stories to be and, called up by the yeah, national team and here. Cagliari, is the 19th place team in this in the city? Yeah. So what does that show you? Yes, Joao Pedro scores goals, but come on, I think guys like Gianluca Scamacca and Giacomo Raspadori are, are are miles ahead of him. I think on a team like Cagliari, there's nobody else to score. So the goals got to come from somewhere, so they got to come from Joao Pedro. Yeah, and, and for me, for me, I like Joao Pedro, but not for the Azzurri. No but, way. I call Mario Balotelli before I look at Pedro. <laughs> I really do. I think the system fits Mario Balotelli better anyways. I think it wouldn't hurt to give him a shot, Joao. No. But to do it in desperation in, a, in our qualifying, in our next two qualifying games for the World Cup, I think is the wrong call. Uh, he shouldn't be called up for that. Maybe you bring him on as a, as a sub, get him part of training camp, see how he responds. But to just throw him in and, and hope, I, w- I strongly disagree. 
you have, like I said, you look at the Sosola team. Ignore the table. Look at Raspadori. Yes, he has been great this season. Mm -hmm. But Gianluca Scamacca has been everything that the Azzurri needs yeah. up top in a center and forward. And getting 10 minutes in a Northern Ireland game when you're, your back's against the wall and you need a goal, that's not a fair look at Gianluca yeah. Scamacca. Here's a guy that's trained at the national team already. Under-21 levels did pretty good. Did pretty good at the under-21 levels. He's already in the, in the system. Mm-hmm. Give the guy the opportunity. He's more ready than Joao Pedro yes, to I, go into these playoffs. And then you got Berardi, who's excellent. Another you know penalty goal assist. And then yeah. another name, actually, who should, I think, be part of the Azzurri because he adds something different. Could add something different in the midfield that no one else really has. The Roman Fratesi. Oh, he's fantastic. Part of the Roman youth team uh, back in the day. They let him go for whatever reason. That's Rome for you. But... Uh, <laughs> He's popped in with a few goals. He's a threat. Deep he runs is. in the box. He's what Barala is, kind of, but he gets on the ball more in the box yeah, than Barala does. Aggressive. He scores more goals than yeah. Barala. He's aggressive. He, he played a fantastic game today. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, was the one that gave away the penalty for Cuddy yes. to tie the game. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, like, there's some interesting players in these teams. What did you think of the game overall? Quick, overall, before I move on from it. Who was the better team? Deserve a draw? Kalidi held their own. I think Kalidi looked pretty good coming out of the break. They needed something. They should have... I think they would have benefited more from a win. A, a draw benefits Sassuolo more than it does Kalidi. But Kalidi got a massive game coming up next week in a relegation battle, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, this is a good, good point for them, in my opinion. And I thought when Mazzari brought on Pavi Gold, Leonardo, Leonardo Pavoletti in the last 10 minutes. Uh, they completely dominated in the air. They dominated everything. But at the same time, that was Dionisi's fault. Dionisi decided to take off Raspadori. He brought on Gregoire Defrel for Scamacca, which I still don't understand. Uh, Gregoire Defrel, though, did force Alessio Cranio into making a fantastic save, which would have been the go-ahead goal. But I think had that been Scamacca, that would have been, a, that would have been yeah. in the back of the net. But 2-2 two -two draw there. Point for them. On to the next game, Venezia continuing their to roll. <laughs> Okareke another again. goal, one nothing over Bologna. Venezia are now close to the mid table. Yeah, another smash and grab victory for them. I, you know, as much as much as Bologna dominated the game, they never really created much, which is no. all credit to the Venezia defense and midfield. And uh, this team plays very well organized under Paolo Zanetti. Who I think is an underrated coach. Yeah, it's it's not it's nothing special, but that's all it is. It's the basics. It's yeah. it's it's simple. They don't try to overcomplicate anything. You got a fast guy on the wing, yeah, like Johnson, the Norwegian. You use him and you and you just hammer the ball into that's into right. the space. And he he caused so much problems with his deep runs and his and getting it between the lines. He was so dangerous. And Okaraki too, his strength and his speed too, and intelligence to get in between the lines and get in between the defenders. They didn't get a lot of chances, Venezia, but they capitalized again and took another potential mid to upper table team. Uh, yeah. Another talk about uh, another another win. Talk about another midfield or winger that could make a difference too. Mattia Aramu again, having he only played fifty eight minutes, but he's he's a menace. He is a menace. Uh, he ripped apart Roma two weeks ago, and now he's he's just he's just consistent and. This team, they may not have much, but they are making the most out of their resources for sure. They are. Between, you got to give so much credit to uh, Gianluca Busio, the American. Yeah. Uh, just coming from the MLS, Antonio Vaca, and Ethan Ampadu to the midfield. Yeah. Bologna cannot penetrate the lines in between the midfield and the defense. And Mattia because Caldara, of them. too. And, and Mattia Caldara back there as well. But that midfield shadowed and protected that defensive line so well Bologna all they could do was shoot from outside the 18 from yeah. distance that's all they had yeah or Cellini couldn't beat Haps Hickey couldn't get past uh his uh respective defender Mazzocchi on the wing yeah they just cannot penetrate the lines and Venezia it was a class in defending yeah. um on to the next game Sampdoria getting a much needed 2 nothing victor over a disaster that is Salernitana Francesco De Tacchio scoring an own goal <laughs> um Colotuano was not the answer that was a mistake yeah it, it really was they they Salernitana in my opinion they played okay they lost the game in about five minutes 
there was five minutes of chaos. That's where Ditaka got the own goal. And then three minutes later, Kandreva scores. Yes. And the game Nice finish. Over. Nice finish yeah. again by Kandreva. And the game's <laughs> over. The game the game's over from there. Quag's and getting subbed off injured. Played pretty decent. Yeah. It's just... It, it, San Aritan is a mess. They're it's a mess. Colitano, for me, they were doing good under Castori. I don't understand why they would. The the reasoning bef- <laughs> for firing him. This is a relegation battle. They yeah. were completely out of it. Didn't create nothing. The It's just a mess. You know, it's, a mess. it looks attractive on paper. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go throw Ribéry up top and behind, uh, you know, behind our strikers. And we're going to go switch up the system and stuff like that. I'm going to put my mark and Ribéry's going to be captain. It sounds all nice. You're yeah. going to make changes. But it does nothing in the end. Yeah. It does nothing. He's changed nothing. The team is worse than what it was under Castori. Yeah. And that's it. It's as simple as that. I don't understand these appointments for yeah. managers. Like Salernitana is going down. They're, they're done. Salernitana is finished. They're absolutely finished. They got a massive game on the weekend coming up, but they're finished for me. But speaking of a manager that needed this win, Roberto De Versa. Oh, my God. Did he ever need this win? Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big, big time. His and job is safe for another week. But Sampdoria still, for me, don't look good. No, they don't. They don't. But uh, next match. Next match. Take me through this, Jules. Enter. Three or two victors over Napoli. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what you saw. I'm I'm ecstatic. Napoli, the team that has a kit for every freaking, a different kit for every match day. I don't know. Trying to make every dollar they can off Metadon. I think it's kind of disgraceful if you ask me. But um, big 3-2 win for for Inter. They played like defending, defending champions. Napoli had no business. In this game until the kind of the end, they started piling on the pressure because Inter still, for whatever reason, do not know how to close out a 90-minute game. Yeah. That is their problem. They they can dominate. They can look good, but they always let the opponent back in. And I was kind of getting worried a little bit at the end that, again, they're going to throw away a lead. And Mertens missed the, missed the open net volley. And then Handanovic made the craziest save off Medio Wii where he got down to the ground and just pushed over the crossbar somehow. Inter, it's, I don't want to say, <laughs> they deserve the three points, but lucky to walk with the three points once again because they do not know how to close the game. Lautaro Martinez, I was impressed with. Joaquin Correa, impressed with. I love the duo there. Very dynamic. They picked apart Napoli. Napoli have only conceded four game, I mean four goals all season in, in, in oh, 12 matches, and they conceded today. three in this. So this Napoli finally got tested. Inter showing they have so many pieces, so many answers to break down a defense. Uh, Donamian, fantastic. Another shout out for him for the national team. Don't know why he's not getting the call up. Um, but for me, Inter, a class above Napoli. Napoli, we talked over the phone while this game was going on. And you said, mm-hmm. how, how you feel? I said, I'm not worried. Napoli, don't worry me as a team. And Inter, it was comfortable until the last 90 minutes. <laughs> It was a great game, and I think we talked about, we always talked about Napoli, like, is Napoli the real deal? And we always said, you know, when they come up against a big team, then we'll see. They choke. We'll see. Yeah, they, they choke. choke big time. They choked again. This they, is this is the same Napoli from years ago when Juve was dominating the league. This Napoli, they get a chance to run away, and they choke. Yeah, I know. With Milan, AC Milan losing. This was their time. Make a statement win, and once again, they buckled. They started great. Handanovic should have saved that first goal. Uh, Zelensky didn't really pick a corner, but Ella gave the ball away. Ranocchi and, and Bastoni were there to shit. The first goal was weak. Um, and that's Inter causing their own problems. Yeah. No one no one for me has really truly beaten Inter and given Inter a run. It's always Inter causing their own problems. Yeah. I think um, that, I think that's safe to say. I mean, very happy. I, I got to question Simone Zaghi a little bit with his subs, bringing on Vidal. I wasn't uh, too happy about it in the 62nd minute. Edin Dzeko, like you're bringing on Edin Dzeko when you know Napoli's going to start pressing you. So you take away, you take off Joaquin Correa, you're taking away pace on the counterattack. I'd never understood that sub. And then you're you're pitting on Arturo Vidal, who's a walking yellow card in the modern day game, yeah. which I don't understand. So Simone Inzaghi piling on the pressure on a team that's already really fragile in the last minutes of games. So that kind of breakdown, I think, falls on him which was kind of disappointing that he hasn't learned to take control. Because Simone Inzaghi, too, for me, he's a little bit too emotional mm-hmm. when he gets into games. He, he has to cool his jets down a little bit and start thinking his subs through because those are two terrible substitution yeah. decisions. 
Napoli, their game plan was for, you know, just to make it a little bit about Napoli, <clears throat> stop the transitions of Inter. Every time Inter broke through, there was a foul. Napoli was fouling nonstop. Uh, I wish I had a stat in front of me for the amount of fouls they had. I don't know how they didn't have guys sent off for repeat repeat yeah. fouls, but that was their game plan. Cause the foul and then counter enter on the on the on the counter punch. And it didn't work. Spalletti, this Napoli, they I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't impressive. Aussie man, I forgot actually to mention fractures face. He's gonna be out for two months. But Tanya came on. Oh. My goodness. Yeah. He looks out of shape. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, and here's a guy that can really take, take the number yeah. nine by the horns, and it's it's shocking to think we don't have a number nine, and this guy could be the answer because he's playing for one of the best teams in Italy right now. And this guy, it's like there's no drive to be to be no. number one. It's it's mind boggling. But anyway, Inter winners next yeah. match Genoa in uh, Liguria, Genoa Roma. No Brian Cristante, no problem. Yeah. Roma win two 0 Genoa dropping, uh, dropping the Shevchenko's debut to La Roma, courtesy of two late goals by Wonder Kid Felix. Uh, it's uh, Felix Afana Gian. Yes. Uh, from the Roma youth system. Shocking that Jose Mourinho is using this yeah. kid, but he's he's actually played. Th- he's made three appearances for Ro- the Roma senior team this season so far, and he's been great in every single one of them. Uh, I think this is a guy that Jose Mourinho believes in. Uh, contributed two goals in this game. And uh, I'm just going to say this right now. He's made three appearances. He's got two goals. Tammy Abraham's made 13 appearances in City A, and he's got three goals to his name. $40 million. $40 million dollars comparing to a Roma youth product. You see what happens when you invest in the bloody youth? Look what happens. How about Mourinho's comments before this game? Yeah, such such stupid comments. So everything. I, th- I think this is our beef with Mourinho. Yeah, everything because Brian Cristante uh, and Gonzalo Villar have been have uh, are out with COVID nineteen. Um, Jose Mourinho makes these comments. Oh, we prepared all week. All our plans have gone to the bin now because Cristante's got COVID nineteen. It's like, are you kidding me? One player, Brian Cristante, who a lot of people are not really happy with right yeah. now, both nationally and club wise. All of a sudden, Roma star player. Yeah, it's it's so strange. I mean, he's he makes every excuse in the book. I to me that was an excuse that if they lost this game. And, uh, you know, I'm grateful that they were able to pull out the late victory. Um, smart move by Jose Mourinho in bringing in Afena Gian. Uh, there's some things that I didn't really understand uh, with Jose Mourinho in this game. I was really happy to see that he did come out with a 3-4-1-2. But, and the funny thing was, he put Lorenzo Pellegrini where I've been calling him to be, which is deep in the middle, because he can play there. But instead of putting Nicolo Zaniolo where he belongs, behind Abraham and Shomorodov, he puts Mkhitaryan and leaves Zaniolo on the bench. Either Zaniolo is not healthy. I know there was a row. There was a huge argument between Mourinho Definitely and Zaniolo. Mourinho is trying to set a, a precedent. He's trying yeah. to show who's in charge here. But still, at the same time, this was an opportunity for Nicolo Zaniolo to go in where he is. That is his natural position. Sit behind the striker, attacking midfield. I think this game would have been over had Nicolo Zaniolo early on had Nicolo Zaniolo started this game, um, and uh, just very happy that Roma got back to to their winning ways. You know, it's it that was a huge, huge three points for for Roma. It alleviates a tiny little bit of pressure off Jose Mourinho. Still not convinced by him. Roma now fifth, two nil victors over Genoa. Yeah, Sheva's debut not going as planned. Uh, and that kind of wraps up what we have right now for City. Yeah. Monday, we have two more fixtures to go. Tomorrow, we have Hellas Verona, Empoli, and Torino Udinese yeah. to, uh, wrap out, to wrap up sorry, round 13. Midweek, we have some Champions League fixtures. Not going to divulge too much into yeah, them. because we did talk about them last podcast. And then let's get right into it. On, on the, coming up on the weekend. Yeah, round 14. Round 14. And it starts on Friday, and it starts with a massive... Massive, massive game. Cagliari hosting Salernitana at the Sardegna Arena. 
I'm just going to put the final nail in someone's coffin, and I think it's going to be Salernitana. Yeah, hands down. Cardi looks really, like I said, Cardi really impressed me coming out of the coming out of the international break. It looks like they're buying into the Mazzotti system. Salernitana, on the other hand, yeah, they're just, everything's a disaster from upper management with what's going on with Claudio Lotito and if he can sell the club. Like, it's just, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And, you know, I really believed in this team at the start of the season thinking, you know, maybe they they can squeeze through. They're going to surprise people. But, no, I'm I, I'm off that train. I think Salernitana are going back down. They are destined for Serie B. So, in this game, hands down, it is going to be a Cagliari smacking. I agree. Next match on the uh, Saturday, we open up with the Tuscan Derby, Ampoli. Against Fiorentina. Yeah, and these two te- these two clubs hate each other. They yeah, hate each it's other. It's a rivalry, right? Yeah, it's a rivalry. Um, Empoli, we don't know th- how they're going to come out in tomorrow's game. Uh, but at the same time, Fiorentina, I'm convinced by them. I think they, they're just going to walk away with this game. Yeah, they and should. And nothing, be- nothing better than humiliating your rival in their home stadium. So lock me in for Fiorentina. Fiorentina as well. Next match, Sampdoria. In Liguria against Hellas Verona, another team who we are we're still waiting to play their match. Doesn't matter to me. Verona are going to win this game. Yeah, Sampdoria, they won 2 nothing, but... Yeah, there's actually a bit of history here between uh, Roberto Diversa and Igor Tudor. Diversa has a, a one win over Tudor, so I'm sure Tudor is going to be looking to get uh, in the winning column against uh, his rival there. So I, I agree. I think Hellas Verona, they should. Sampdoria, for me, are a mess. They're yeah. a mess of a team. Next... One of the biggest matches at the Alianza Stadium. Juventus against Atalanta. Massimo Allegri, Gasparini. Massimo Allegri has won 11 of, 11 of his fixtures against Gasparini. Um, what do we think happens here? Juve-Atalanta. It's going to be a tough call because uh, Atalanta are playing a massive game in the midweek uh, for Champions but League. But so is Juventus. Juventus playing Chelsea for first place. Yeah, but, they but they're playing for first Juve, place. Yeah, but Juve's basically through already. They're Atalanta's, through, but... Atalanta's playing to get through now. But I'm telling you, Juve are playing for seeding, and they want to finish first. I still think that there's going to be more pressure on Atalanta to perform in the midweek than there is going to be Juve, because if Juve loses, it's not the end of the world. I think Juve has one eye on the game on the weekend. Uh, to get back into the to slowly climb up the table, and if they're going to get into the top four, this is the team you got to beat. This is the fourth place team. Um, I think Atalanta are back, but at the same time, Juve starting to play into the, starting to play their in their way, playing their style, throw their weight around. So for me, I'm picking a Juve win here. Ooh, I, it's going it's a tough call. I think Allegri, you know, Gasparini, as good as he is, I'm not sold on him. I, I think he. I don't know. He leaves me second-guessing him sometimes. And I do think Allegri does edge him out in, in regards to management and mm-hmm. tactics and all that stuff. And I think once Allegri gets more time, he'll, his Juve will be better than Atalanta. And I think Atalanta, what they're going to have going for them is their form, the way they dismantled Spezia. Yeah. But they still conceded two goals. Juve, on the other hand, it looks like sometimes you'll never score against them, like that last game against Lazio. Lazio looked like they were never going to get into the 18-yard box. Um, Atalanta do have more weapons. It'll be interesting to see if he gets scared into changing his three-man defense because, you know, Atalanta, Gasparini knows to play 3v3, uh-huh. and he's going to try and get the licked running around and and Bonucci moving around. And it will be interesting. It's going to be a tactical battle. I think the edge, though, for me has to go with Atalanta just for the form. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to pick Juve to walk away with the uh, the win here for me. On to the final game on Saturday. Inter-Venezia. Inter are paying a visit to Venezia. I'm going to Venice. Yes. Against the stubborn Venice, Paolo Zanetti. Inter, like I said, no one has truly beaten Inter because they were better than Inter. Technically, quality-wise, Inter has always shot themselves in the foot. So... Venezia, for as stubborn as they are, they really are just a one-trick pony in regards to the counterattack. They do use it very well, uh, but Inter has the speed, and Darmian and Dumfries, Johnson shouldn't be a problem. Okareki should be shut down between Skriniar if Divrai's back healthy. Uh, Bastonio, I think, is the best young Italian defender in the league. Okareki shouldn't be able to do anything. 
Uh, this is going to be a total sit back, I think, interdominate, and they should walk away comfortably with three points here. Yeah, they're going to keep the momentum. They're going to win this game. So this, uh, Inter. Yeah, this is a game Jekyll comes in and does his yeah. does his thing. Inter Milano, both of us telling you to take Inter. Now Sunday for the early morning game, Udinese and Genoa. <sighs> it's a tough a call. Winless, a Genoa team that's only won one game all season against going into Udine at the Dutch Arena. Yeah, you're going to have two teams now playing uh, three at the back. I, I'm going to actually call a Sheva win here. I think he's going to pull one pull one away he here. He needs to. He yeah. needs to. I mean, to, he's got to definitely exercise his right. And I think at the end of the day today, Genoa just got tired. Roma yeah. just outran them. And mm-hmm. that's what got Roma the two goals and the much-needed win. So Genoa looked pretty good. They looked well-organized. So I think Genoa, I agree with you, Genoa is going to beat Udinese in this game. Next up, AC Milan and Sassuolo. Yeah, tricky fixture against Sassuolo at home for Milan. Milan, I think, will be interesting to see how they rebound. Uh, Champions League is done and dusted, so the, I yeah. expect the B team. If Pioli doesn't play a B team, the it'd mid-week. be very crazy. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pretty stupid not to play your B team in Champions League and and focus on just City A now. So, Sassuolo. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a nice challenge for Skamaka. But are these are the games where they're going to have to step up. Yeah. This is, the, this is where they have to show Mancini. Yeah. For all the doubters that think these guys aren't good enough, this is a game. Yeah. Go and put some goals in, in the net against one of the best informed teams. But do you think they can do it? I think they could tie. I don't think they can win. Yeah. I, For me, Sassuolo will probably get a goal or two in this game. But Milan are just way too powerful offensively and Sassuolo just leak leak goals yeah. like there's no tomorrow yeah. too many individual mistakes and I think that's where Milan's going to capitalize on those individual mistakes so for me a Milan win yeah I'm going to say draw here uh, next up Spezia hosting Bologna two teams needing a victory after their yeah. their losses Bologna probably really pissed off that they dropped this game today to Venezia um I don't see Bologna losing back-to-back games. They don't really tend to lose back-to-back games, in my opinion. So Spezia, though, on the other hand, I mean, they just they play a great style, but they just can't. Clo- they just can't. No, they can't close games. They no. they score like they scored first against Atalanta, and then they go concede. <laughs> yeah, all like, those goals, and then they go end the game with another goal, and Zola get them both. But yeah, Spezia, they're just they don't have the quality of player to go toe-to-toe with the big teams in this league. Yeah, and I think, so for me, I think Bologna is going to win this game. Yeah, I think Bologna too. I, I believe they're going to take it. Mihailovic, he's not going to stand for back-to-back losses. Yeah. And again, if they do, question marks are going to be coming over 100%. his appointment. They've only lost back-to-back once yeah. this season. So, so. Next match in Rome, Stadio Olimpico, Roma, Torino. This is going to be a tricky, 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 difficult game against Mourinho versus Ivan Juric. What yeah. do we think? Well, let's see if our hero Cristante comes back and maybe <laughs> the plans will. The star player. Jesus Brian. Christ. <laughs> I just, I'm curious to see what kind of excuse Jose Mourinho has. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Jose Mourinho does because he does have a midweek fi- fixture against Zorha Luhansk. Um, That's true, yeah. In the Conference League. On, they're playing, I believe, on Thursday. So it's a three-day turnover. Needing to win that game to stay in, stay alive and, and make it into the knockout round. So what does he feel the B team on Thursday and feel the A team on Sunday? Does your new star player get a, get a minute in this game? I think so. I think now that he's got two goals, you're going to ride him. They're going to ride him big time. And the problem is they're probably going to start him over Eldor. <laughs> That's the crazy part. <laughs> Instead but, of Tammy Abram, the $40 million. No, it's going to be Tammy. It's going to be Tammy and Felix. Nah. It's Ta- not- and Tammy prevented a goal too, actually. In, yeah, in put on his stupid <laughs> fucking hand. <laughs> Idiot. $40 million, everybody. $40 million. So anyway, what do we think happens here? We know what, we know what Torino brings. We know what Solid Torino defense yeah. and Balotti. But we know what Roma's like at home. We know what Roma's like at home. I'm curious to see if this prick Mourinho is going to put Zaniolo behind the two forwards. If he does, Roma easily win this game. I'll be interested. Zaniolo needs it because he's been trash. I'm all telling season. you, 
the the report is he had a massive argument with Mourinho. He wants to go back to the attacking mid because it's not as the it, he doesn't. He's have, not a winger. He's not a winger. He hates playing defense. He really does. That's why he wants to go back to his. He's la- yeah. he's lazy that way. But at the same time, he's more creative. He's. I wouldn't, he's he's wasted out there though. He's not super fast, Daniel. No, so I don't know why they're playing. He him doesn't the run in behind defenders. He's a guy that gets the ball to the feet, loves to turn, ride yeah. a challenge, and yeah. run at defenders. Exactly. That's who Zaniolo is. Yeah. But Mourinho wants him to be a winger, uh, be a winger now, and and, and come back and defend. And you're wasting his talent yeah. out there. And you got to remember, this is a guy who's coming on two brand new knees. Yeah. It's like Mourinho. What the hell are you doing? I don't know. For me, Roma win. Yeah, Roma should win. Torino should win. Should. We'll see. I mean, Ivan Jeric knows how to lock down games like this. So I know. Roma's, one of Roma's bogey coaches is Ivan Juric. Yeah, so. it is. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But then there's another big game. Another, another not, not as big of a hurdle for Napoli, but in the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona. They're hosting Lazio. Hosting Lazio. Sarri paying a visit back to Napoli. Yeah, Sarri, who's going to be given his contract extension extension soon. Uh, what do we think? Does he... He desperately needs Chiro back in the starting 11. Oh, hands down. This team is so thin. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. You think you think Roma... Like, Mourinho, you think Roma's got problems? Look at freaking yeah, Lazio. Lazio are bare bones. They got... They have nothing they have off nothing the bench. They have nothing out of their 11. No. Um, after their 11, sorry. This is a game Napoli have to win. Napoli lose this game, they fall apart, in my opinion. Because yeah, this, this is where we got to see their true character of of test because you know who they play after this? Atalanta. Yeah. They have not played a big team yet until Inter, which they lost. And now the, the hard fixtures are just going to be piling up. That's right. And we're going to see what this team is made of. That's right. Um. But at the same time, it's fortunate that they're playing Lazio as a rebound game because Lazio is a, like we said, they're Jacqueline Hyde. We don't know what who's coming. they bring. We don't yeah. know who's coming. It's They're the strangest team. <laughs> they really read. are. They really are. But for me, I'm going to take a Napoli win here. Sadi's so not losing back-to-back So games. I'm telling you to take Napoli. Julian's trying to take the draw. That is match day 14, everybody. Um, before we jump into the Canadian national team, uh, let's talk about today, Toronto FC. Losing to Club de Foot Montreal 1 0 in the Canadian Championship final. So, Club de Foot Montreal is now in the CONCACAF Champions League, and they will not be the only Canadian team in the CONCACAF Champions League, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Forge FC have made the final four in the CONCACAF League, a Canadian Premier League team in their third season is in the CONCACAF Champions League. That's what it's about, building Speaks blocks. wonders. A lot of things are happening in Canada. Let's talk about the Canadian men's national team. Seriously, Canada, top of CONCACAF right now. Most goals in Most World Cup qualifying. Most goals in World Cup qualifying in all the regions. Yep. By four, I think. 55, right? Yeah. 51's the next. I think, uh, I think, I think we're going to Qatar. I think so, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, Canada pulled off a massive 2-1 to one victory over Mexico in Edmonton. Crowd was bumping. Two big goals from Kyle Laren steps up. Uh, that celebration in the snowbank was hilarious. I forget who it was that did it. Yeah, um, that, was, that was good. Milan Borian making a massive save off the line at the end of the game. Uh, Canada's got two, three massive games coming up in ja- in the January international window. Uh, two of them are on the road, I believe. Don't quote me on this. It's Honduras and El Salvador that we're visiting. And then we're hosting the States. On January 30th, I believe. And we still don't know where that venue is going to be. And that game is going to be huge. It's turning into a new heated rivalry. It is turning into a new heated rivalry. So for those of you that follow Breakfast Television, uh, Sid Sixero, who I absolutely adore and respect, uh, had a nice little minute and a half piece uh, talking about Canadian soccer and you know, he did. The, the tides it was are, good. The tides are turning, and you know, yeah, it's not a walk in the park when you come into Canada anymore and collecting no three way. points, and rightly so. And that pissed off a lot of Americans. Uh, if you see in social media on Twitter, uh, Americans saying uh, this is a joke. Look how many gold cups we have. Well, who, first of all, who gives a shit about the gold cup? Well, I certainly <laughs> don't. You don't. <laughs> 
it's a joke of a tournament for just Mexico and USA to pump them up <laughs> because that's really all there is in the region. Yeah. Uh, the one time that you Wait, guys... you're saying we're not in the region? Well, this is when we were in trouble, right? Yeah, but now yeah, yeah. things are changing. Things are changing. Seriously, nobody cares about the Gold Cup. When you, Why don't you guys take a walk in the Copa America? You guys get smacked around. And then there's other people that are talking about the quality of players that the U.S. has compared to Canada, which they say is just Alfonso Davies. To- wrong. Wrong. Yeah. And in that, first of all, they talk about uh, Giovanni Reina. Respect him. Great player. Uh, Pulisic. Pulisic, great player. McKenny. McKenny, fantastic. Zach Steffen doesn't even play in that. Z- yeah, Zach Steffen. That I don't understand. The guy's riding the pine at Manchester United. And Juliano Nice. City, Man City. Oh, sorry. Man City. Who gives, who gives a crap? Who cares? Zach who? <laughs> Zach who? <laughs> Seriously. We saw this guy when he was playing for Columbus, and we rattled his cage. We were at the TFC game. Right behind the nut. And we told him he's going to concede, and he did. And he looked right at us. I'm like, yeah, you suck, bud. <laughs> and he started laughing. Too. <laughs> he did start laughing. Like we got in his head. Yeah. Um, and then they're talking about this. I don't know who this guy is on Lille. What last name is Wea. Yeah, Wea. yeah. Guy's done nothing. You guys don't even mention Jonathan David, who is a top goal scorer in Ligue 1. In Ligue 1, yeah. Right? Like Canada, there are some great pieces. Alfonso Davies, Tayshaun Buchanan, who's been... Uh, Phenom. Phenom. Yeah, Phenom. Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, yeah. Escudero in the middle. Kyle Lahren. The whole, the whole team. It's been a team effort. It's been amazing. Yeah. And they, they've bought into the system. Mm-hmm. They've And you got to give John Herdman credit for that. They have he, bought into it. He's impressed me a lot. Yeah. John Herdman, what he, how he's transformed yeah. this program and, and turn it to what it is now. Yeah. It's, it's been... It's impressive what he's it, done. It's fantastic. It's but you got you got to give respect to the people from 10, 15 years ago too, yeah. which we talked about in our earlier podcast with Dave Simpson, Marco Mashke. This has been in the works since then. Yeah, you you saw guys like Ian Hume's response on on uh, on social media. He was uh, in tears. He was moved by the victory over Mexico, yeah. and it it goes down right down to those guys. Yeah. You know, this moment's been built up. Yeah, and he's as much as of the uh, he's as much part of this project. Yeah, as the current guys are. It's, I that's agree how with you. this team winning, and hopefully they do make the World Cup. They're yeah. not there yet, but it's united all of Canadian soccer. No, it really is, and this is where the downfall of hockey happens. <laughs> it's true. Who cares about the Maple Leafs? Who cares about right down the road? Who cares about them? Because uh, soccer is the or let's talk about it. Football is the most popular sport in the world. Youth level here, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, the Canadian women have done a fantastic job with their program. Yeah, they credit to John Herdman mm-hmm. for what he did there. And now the men are on the brink of something special. The second the, the second that that happens, that combined with the with the accomplishments of what the Canadian women have done, puts soccer as the Canada yes. sport. It is, yeah, right, like. Uh, not only are we talking about, people are not talking about just making Qatar 2022. People are talking about making it out of the group in Qatar 2022. Like that's how good this team is. That mm-hmm. that is the potential that this team carries. They're so organized in what they do, and they've they're just they. I'm absolutely floored with how well they're doing. Yeah, this historic win. Like we were talking about the draw at the Azteca and how a few points Mexico. Yeah. Drops at the Azteca, and then to go in our backyard and and take what three people from call them. the Ice Teca. The Ice Teca. <laughs> oh my! God. I know <laughs> it. It was a bit cheesy, but it was funny. Yeah. But yeah, the Ice Teca. We. It, it was a historic moment and a half yeah. to beat Mexico. Yeah. Didn't know what hit them. No. Didn't know. It what was hit unbelievable. Them. Left me speechless. Yeah. It made me believe, especially after Italy. Yeah, screwed up their game. It's like, oh my god, the like Canada potentially. I'm actually going to be cheering for Canada. It seems at a World Cup finally. Yeah, after all these years of winning. yeah, and it's great for the youth. It's great for the kids oh, to see it's this. Huge. It's, it's huge. great. It's a great time to be a Canadian soccer fan because uh, yeah, it's just a great moment. I I never thought in ever we would get where we are. We're 40th in the world now. Like that, I think that's one of our highest ranking. That's gotta be our highest ranking. 
it 40th is. In I, the think, world. I think it is. I think it is. 40th in the world. It's amazing. But let's yeah, yeah, talk about yeah, one thing yeah, you really want. Yeah, we yeah, talked yeah, for a little yeah. bit, but the rivalry is between the states. Yeah, you know, they're, you really they're trying to, to put us in our place yeah, already. Yeah, 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 you guys yeah, are scared. Yeah. They're scared. <laughs> they're scared. We took a draw. We took a draw in the states. Yep. And now you're coming in our backyard, January 30th. And I hope they play it. They're talking about possibly playing it in Hamilton at Tim Hortons Field in the middle of a blizzard. I would go. Hands down. If, Can- w- if Canada could pull the double over Mexico and the States, yeah. that's a and massive statement. And guess what, guys? You guys you guys went into Jamaica and you tied. You you almost lost that game. Mm-hmm. You almost lost that game. I yeah. mean, you guys do not look good right now. Sorry. It's the truth. You guys don't look good. You guys are supposed to be the juggernaut in CONCACAF and... Yeah, one of them. One of them next to Mexico. Yeah, yeah. there the should always be a shoo-in, but yeah, yeah. States have, states have been struggling of recent. Now they've they have been. they're coming back strong, and they've got some interesting new we'll players see. coming through. But we'll see. Yeah, we're we're very close for the. We are. We're not far yeah. off. I don't care if you guys want to talk history. Yeah, you guys made a quarterfinal in the World Cup. Well, we can do that this year. And then we've achieved just as yeah, much. Well, let's get there first, but yeah, yeah I, but we can, in in one World Cup we can achieve just as much as that country has. <laughs> Isn't that something? Don't count the gold cups because those are nothing. Those are nothing titles. It's a tournament for the states in Mexico. It's hosted in the states for crying out loud. It's not hosted anywhere yeah. else. It's yeah. It's you got home advantage. Every, it's a rigged tournament. So yeah. Con- Congratulations. Any closing statements? Congratulations, Canada. Unbelievable. You got a lot of games to go, but six games. This is yeah, six games to go, but the ride has been fantastic. And like I said, this united the country. It has. It's been amazing. It's been the talk of the town and for the federal government, keep pumping money into the the soccer Mm -hmm. association because they deserve it. They need it. And the I'm telling you, the potential is there. The talent in this country is there. We just need to keep building the infrastructure. So and I please, think they will. They will. Do not stop. Do not stop. You are on a huge wave. Please ride it because uh, the future is so bright for this country in uh, in football. So anyway, I think, does that wrap up the podcast? That does wrap up the podcast. So thanks for enjoying it. Yes. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on YouTube with our video clips. Yes. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the comments we're getting. We appreciate the debate we're having. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Giovanni, for the comments. Yeah. Um, send us an email, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com with some questions, some debates, some comments that you guys may or may not have. And uh, as always, we appreciate the support. And until next time. Ciao, ragazzi. Ciao.